You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't ask on the Savage Podcast. So obviously I recorded last week's podcast before Anthony Weiner's big press conference where he copped to the fact that the crotch shot was his. And in the intervening week and, you know, in the last few days, other shots have emerged. You know, Anthony Weiner's pretty remarkably foxy chest for a man his age uh, and other crotch shots and, of course, the full frontal uh, Anthony Weiner's hard cockpit. And in this time, you know, everyone's kind of lost their minds for having another American sex scandal kerfuffle. Really good at them. And I have to say that I watched the press conference last Monday and I'm a, I'm, I'm a lefty. I'm, I'm a liberal. Uh, I believe in a free press. I, you know, I hate Sarah Palin, all her lamestream media comments. But if I had, had the power during Anthony Weiner's press conference to send hate rays back through the television set that would have ended the lives of every reporter in the room, I would have done it. The hypocrisy. The fucking know-nothing, scolding, bullshit, sex-negative, idiotic bullshit. I can't even think of another word. On display in that meeting. Oh, you must have a problem, Anthony Weiner. A drinking problem. Are you going to seek addiction counseling? My head was about to explode. Anthony Weiner is guilty of doing what tens of millions of other Americans do every day but they don't have the right wing and Andrew Breitbart on their asses scouring the web and their Twitter accounts and everything else looking for evidence of what? Of what? What did Anthony Weiner do? He flirted online with some folks. Nobody complained. None of these women that he engaged in these dirty chats with and swapped photos with, have none of them complained. They didn't step forward saying I was, you know, my eyes were brutally assaulted by the sight of Anthony Weiner's undeclad schlong. No, they were dragged into the public square by the right wing hate machine that had it in for Anthony Weiner because he was such a good spokesperson for left wing causes, for the left, for the Democrats. And they had it in for him. And now they're all calling for his resignation, as are some Democrats who I'd also like to joke, calling for his resignation. Some of the very same Democrats, Tim Kaine, I'm talking to you, who defended Bill Clinton who blew a load on an intern in the Oval Office and then lied under oath about it. And we all said, oh, we lefties, no, we Democrats at that moment. We said he lied about something that any man has a right and a responsibility to lie about. He was asked questions that no one should be asked. The president was Clinton at the time. And that when those kinds of questions are asked, you have a right to lie. Well, Wiener asked questions about something that he had a right to lie about. Just the same as Bill Clinton had a right to lie about blowing a load consensually on Monica Lewinsky in the Oval Office. So I'm a little uh, annoyed with hypocritical Democrats and also lying sack of shit, shit-eating, shit-fucking Republicans. David Vitter is a U.S. senator. David Vitter. Vitter the shitter caught up in the D.C. Madam prostitution scandal. David Vitter was breaking the law. David Vitter was employing prostitutes. David Vitter made phone calls to the D.C. madam from the floor of the U.S. Congress. 
during sessions to arrange for illegal sex for hire. Tris, I think it should be legal. I said when the Vitter scandal broke, I don't think he should resign. I don't think what he did should be illegal. And I don't think he should resign. And he hasn't. But Republicans are calling on Wiener to resign because of you know bringing disgrace on the House. Well, and there's squats David Vitter, reelected again on a family values platform in the U.S. Senate. And they're not calling on him to resign. But again, I want to get back to the media. I want to get back to these questions in this press conference. Does he have a problem? My favorite question was this. Why would you do this after you were married? That was put to Anthony Weiner during his press conference where he's copying to those dick shots being his. Because Lord knows nobody goes online and flirts or masturbates, looks at downloads porn or creates through the interactiveness of the web their own porn moments. No married person does that. The inter- the World Wide Web is just this jack off for single people. You know what? Members of Congress, like members of the press, get horny sometimes. And sometimes male members of Congress, like male members of the press, think with their dicks. And sometimes married men rub one out with an assist from the World Wide Web. My media colleagues film at fucking 11. Wiener was horny and went online and flirted and beat it a few times. He created his own porn, like millions of other Americans have done and will continue to do every damn day, forever. And the internet provided Wiener, the married man, with the same thing it provides for tens of millions of other men in monogamous relationships. A little release. A little fodder. And, you know, all this shit about, oh, he's married in this monogamous relationship. He didn't touch any of these women. And I believe that for a lot of married men, the internet, internet porn, even the interactivity of some of these sites, they don't threaten their monogamous commitment. They make it possible that by providing a little of the variety and sexual adventure that men and women are both hardwired to want and seek in a safe way. Because you can interact with somebody, you can get off, you can get horny, you can reach out, you can feel affirmed as a sexual being without ever being in the same room with anyone else. Another reporter asked Wiener if he had a drinking problem or was using drugs at the time because, you know, only a man who was drunk or on drugs could get caught up in something like this. Do reporters know what men are like and lots of women too? This desire to pathologize behavior that isn't sick. That is, you know, really common and human and completely and instantly understandable. That itself is pathological. Wiener does not have a problem. Wiener has a computer. It is the same problem that all Americans these days have. We have computers and sometimes we make fools of ourselves on them. And think. Think of your own life. Think of the shit you've done online. It was dragged out into the public eye as this has been dragged out in the public eye. Would your relationship survive? Would your professional life survive? No. Everyone's talking about what Wiener did. You know what? Something was done to Wiener and his family and his wife. And now I want to talk about his wife for just a second. Came out that she's pregnant after this all broke and that Joan Walsh at Salon says, oh, now he must resign because his wife is pregnant. It's gone too far. It's too humiliating. It's fine to humiliate a married, non-pregnant woman, but to humiliate a married, pregnant woman, then you're humiliating for two and you got to go. I don't get it. I don't get why, Joan, the pregnancy tips us over into Wiener must resign territory. 
if I were pregnant and Wiener were my husband, I would prefer that he still have a fucking job next week. I would rather like get through this pregnant and everything with my husband being employed. And you know who's not being taken into consideration when we're debating about whether Wiener should resign? The people of New York who've been polled. 50%, 51%, a majority think he should not resign. 30% think he should resign. And I realize I'm shouting now. I, I just get upset when I see everyone pretend to not know what they do know about human sexuality and the way it works and this sort of willful obtuseness on the part of the media that plays into American sex phobia and hypocrisy about sex, this posturing. But I'll just end with this poll. You know, A majority of Wiener's constituents do not want him to resign. And here's what the pollsters – here's the analysis that they run with at ABC News about this. It's worth keeping in mind that New York is overwhelmingly democratic. Partisanship can run high in this town. Moral outrage, maybe less so, said ABC News pollster Gary Langer of Langer Research Associates. Yes, yes. Let's all keep in mind the delicate sensibilities of people who don't live in New York City, of people who are not Wiener's constituents of people who are prone to partisanship, these people who live in New York, as opposed to, you know, all those fair-minded folks who live out there in real America with Sarah Palin. They're not prone to partisanship. Let's keep in mind, as we figure out whether Wiener should resign, that his constituents who do not want him to resign are not jumping on the moral outrage bandwagon with shit-eating Republicans and hypocritical Democrats. Let's keep that in mind, shall we? But there's just one more thing I got to say. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That I'm going on forever here. There's just one more thing I got to say. You know, everyone is talking now about Wiener. Like he's a congressman and he had to know that this could happen, that these pictures could surface and be made public. And that was reckless and it displayed a kind of bad judgment that, you know, we can't have uh, in Congress. We wouldn't want bad judgment in Congress. Not now. Not after 200 plus years of a bad judgment free Congress. And I just got to point out that maybe now – sitting Congress critters and senators are having to make the decision about whether to take a picture of their junk and put it online and, and you know, the considerable risks that that represents. But Congresses 20 years from now are going to be solely comprised of people 30 years from now who have already taken pictures of their junk and put them online. Every teenager in America is – Online is flirting, dating, putting up internet profiles, looking for love, uh, is sending pictures of their junk, sexting. So soon we will have a Congress that is entirely Anthony Weiner's. And what are we going to do then? Are we really saying that the only people who are fit to serve in the U.S. Congress are people who have never gone online and done anything inappropriate? Because what we're asking for then is really – to be ruled by the Amish because they're the only ones who aren't going to have an internet history that could potentially embarrass them come adulthood. Ugh! Your calls after this. This episode is brought to you by AdamandEve.com where you can find over 18,000 adult entertainment products for every lifestyle. To receive 50% off most any item plus three adult DVDs plus an extra gift plus free shipping, visit AdamandEve.com and enter Savage at checkout. Hey, Dan. Um, I'm calling because I just got out of a relationship, um, and I got out of it because I learned that uh, this guy, uh, who was telling me that he loved me and that we would have beautiful, tall children, uh, was in fact the whole time planning to get back together with his ex-fiance, uh, who had previously left him and moved across the country uh, because their relationship had become pretty abusive. 
aggressive and destructive. Um, so at the outset of this relationship, I was pretty aware that he was kind of damaged, but um, he would encourage me to sort of let go of those fears because he was in therapy and he was getting over her and, you know, wanting more and more to really commit to me. Um, so anyhow, once I learned that he was planning this little reunion, um, I entered the relationship, and since then, more lies have surfaced. Uh, for example, the fact that there was a third woman uh, who he was seeing. So this was all really upsetting, and one night when I was feeling really upset and hurt, I uh, contacted the ex-fiancé uh, who had moved across the country and sent her a Facebook message telling her everything, um, including the fact that I have herpes and that uh, I had had unpredicted sex with this guy. Um, this guy lied to her about everything uh, when confronted, and she kicked him out. Um, and then she kind of told me about how he had been really verbally and physically abusive to her when they were together. To today, we're now today, and he's, of course, furious, blaming me for ruining his life, threatening suicide, telling me I destroyed everything he worked for, and so it was all he ever cared about. Um, so obviously, he's a disaster. We're aware of that. But um, I guess I'm curious if I did the right thing, because I kind of think maybe I didn't. Um, and I was really meddling in someone else's business. Uh, this woman I did not know. She was not my friend. Um, but, like, I was driven by this idea that the truth should prevail and people have a right to know. Um, I was definitely not entirely self selfless. Um, I wanted to, like, protect my pride, and I guess there was a small, little, maybe more than a little, a revenge-seeking component here. What goes around comes around. People you've wronged, if they can wrong you back, will. You know, did you do the right thing? No, no, kind of not. But it doesn't sound like anybody in this circumstance was doing the right thing by really anyone. Although, you know, we don't know for sure what the other two women were up to or if they'd done anything wrong or to deserve this. But, you know, he pulled this shit move on you and you pulled a shit move right back on him. That doesn't make you equally culpable or you're not as big a shit as he is, but it was kind of a shit move, but he had it coming. So I guess your shit move is shit exonerated in the end because he sounds like a dick and a douchebag and a manipulative motherfucker, which is why he's going right to perhaps, oh, you've ruined my life and threatening suicide, which is a manipulative shit motherfucker thing to do. And, you know, the shit move you pulled – if it helped this woman that you don't know get away from a guy who she says has been physically and emotionally abusive to her, I guess it's all to the good. As for your best approach here now, well, there's no more that you can do now. Just have nothing to do with this guy in the future. Throw away that other woman's phone number and try to go forward. Lessons learned. You know, you you can now recognize – perhaps red flags that you couldn't recognize before uh, and uh, go forth and sin no more and err on the side whenever possible of not pulling shit moves. Hi, Dan. Um, I really hope that you can answer this question for me. Um, I'm a 21-year-old lesbian, and it's really hard for me to say because I am still in the closet. Um, my parents are um, well-known in my community, and I'm just kind of worried in a way to tarnish their reputation, which is ridiculous. But I just, I don't know how to come out and I don't know how to say it to them. And without, I don't want them to be disappointed in me. And I know it's really hard. 
I don't know. I think I keep thinking about them when I think I should be thinking about myself. I just need your opinion on the whole situation. And yeah, I just need help because I feel really lost. You know, if your parents are high profile and conservative, you really should just not come out ever. I really think that, you know, a lifetime stunted development in the closet, no intimacy, no connection, no truth, no integrity is a small price to pay to protect your parents' standing in the community. Can you tell I'm being sarcastic? <laughs> uh, no one would have ever come out ever, particularly 40 years ago or 30 years ago, if concerns about your parents' feelings uh, were paramount or supposed to be paramount. This is your life and you only get one and you are already an adult plus three years and it's going to be hard on your parents when you tell them that you're a lesbian and they're going to be upset and if they're bigots, they're going to have to get over it and if they have bigoted friends who think less of your parents because they raised a lesbian, that's nothing that you can control. That's nothing that you are responsible for, particularly because that is complete and total bullshit. And people who are on the receiving end of stereotypical bullshit and false assumptions are not obligated to hide or never come out or live their lives in certain circumscribed ways to protect the feelings of our parents' friends out of deference to their ignorance and bigotry. So no, you should absolutely come out. And here's how you do it. Here's how it's done. You open your mouth and say, I'm a lesbian. And then once those words are released into the air, there's really no taking them back. It'll be a thunderclap. But the healing and the getting over it process really can't start until you say it. And it's going to be ugly. And waiting only pushes the ugliness off into the future. It doesn't mean the ugliness ain't coming and there's some way to avoid it. There's no way to avoid it. You got to come out. You got to tell them the truth. Sit them down. Mom, dad, I'm a lesbian. I appreciate that you're conservative. I appreciate that you're religious. I appreciate you and I appreciate, I believe that you guys can learn and grow and love and accept me and reexamine your prejudices. And here's a stack of books and here's the local PFLAG chapter nearest uh, – with the meetings closest to uh, your house and you should go and meet other parents uh, who had to hear this news once upon a time from their children too. And then give them a year. Like I'm always saying on the show, give them a year to have a tantrum, ask any asshole questions they want. Um, tell them they have a year. You won't bring any girlfriends around. They won't have to confront any sort of, you know, living proof of your homosexuality and you'll treat them with kid gloves for a year. And then, during this year, it is their time to get the fuck over it. And at the end of that year, they have got to be the fuck over it or you won't see them anymore. They'll be 22 at the end of that year. Tell them you're not going to see them anymore if they're not over it. This, we have to turn this on its head. You know, It used to be long ago that fear of being disowned by your parents was a reason not to come out to them. Now we have to make it fear of being disowned by your gay children is a good reason to get the fuck over your ignorance, your bigotry, your prejudices, your religious hangups. And you got to be willing to use that lever, push that button. Mom, dad, accept me, love me for who I am on my terms or I won't see you. I will disown you. You got to be willing to stand up for yourself. And time's a-wasting. Looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. 
Go to adamandeve.com for a limited time only. You'll get 50% off just about any item. And that's not all. There's more. You'll also receive three free adult DVDs plus a free extra gift plus free shipping on your entire order. Check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. That's adamandeve.com and enter Savage at checkout. Hi, Dan. I have a question about envy and open relationships. Um, I'm a 28-year-old, mostly straight guy. I've been married for six and a half years to a mostly straight 25-year-old woman. So, yes, she was 19. Um, we married really young. Necessity. We were at a crazy religious college and everything. Like she couldn't, we couldn't live together without her losing her scholarship, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we got really lucky. It should have fallen apart, but uh, we have a great relationship. It's vibrant. It's satisfying. Um, but neither of us have really been with other people, um, and we kind of wanted some of that variety, you know. So we decided a couple months ago to open it up. Um, we talked about it for a long time first and set some rules and stuff. Um, so the problem is uh, for me is uh, what do you do when one partner is really successful in getting some on the side and I'm not in this case? Um, she's really hot. She's a catch. And in the past month, she's been really successful. I'm kind of having an NSA thing with a coworker and uh, slept with a mutual friend, had a threesome um, with some other mutual friends while on a trip. And I think this is all great. And I really support it. Um, and from her recounting it to me, it sounds like, it's all been safe. It's been fun. She's been satisfied with it. And all of this has made our sex a lot better. And it's already been good, but it made it even better. Um, so I'm not jealous in the traditional, like, possessive sense. But if this continues, like, without me ever being successful, um, I think I'm going to be increasingly envious and dissatisfied. Um, she lives and works in the city. She has a little bit more time. I live in the city and commute a really long way to the suburbs. So my time is really constrained and I can't really meet people. And my social circle is like really depressingly traditional. Um, and the one time I tried to um, sort of describe this arrangement to a coworker, it was a disaster. Um, so I don't really know what to do. Um, I guess my question for you is how do I manage my expectations going forward? How do I meet people and um, sort of get some for myself? And uh, how do I deal with uh, the envy going on? Because it seems like She's really knocking this out of the park, and I'd like to do the same. Have you spoken with your wife about these frustrations? Oh, yeah, yeah. We've, we've talked quite a bit about it. Because and, uh, it, it, could, it could really queer the deal. Like, she's got a great deal now. She's having all this off-leash time and this success. But if you grow, you know, bitter and resentful uh, because it's much harder for you as a married man to line up play partners, it's harder for straight dudes to get pussy than it is for straight women to get dick, it could, you know, really impact her, you know, newfound freedom that she's enjoying so much. So I would hope that in your conversations with her, she feels some responsibility to help you out. Oh, she definitely does. And she is, she's even said, like, specifically, I'll help you out. I'll try to find you people. But, you know, of course, I want to find them on my own. So, but. Well, that's going to be harder for you. You have to recognize that. You know, a lot of uh, the straight couples I know in organized swinging are in organized swinging in part because that's a venue where it's easier for a straight married guy to get laid than just yeah. out cruising the world. Yeah, that was the one thing I think. We talked about this for months, and that was the one thing that just for some reason didn't come to mind was that she would be a much hotter commodity on the open market than I would. Mm -hmm. You know, And, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm coming to terms with it. I mean, we just started this, but 
just right out of the gate, she's been having some great experiences. So I'm not bitter or resentful, at least not yet. Um, I'm just really envious, you know, kind of want what she's getting. Well, I would recommend Adult Friend Finder, Ashley Madison, going to some organized swing events, which are not fuck fests. A lot of the people who go to organized... Yeah, I don't want that, really. And you don't have to have that. A lot of the people who go to organized swing events, there are, you know, social events that involve no public sex uh, or sexual activity where people just mingle with other couples who are in open relationships. And she may hook up with a husband whose wife will then want to hook up with you. Uh, yeah, and you can yeah. do that kind of soft swap or full swap with another couple. And that would be leveraging you know, her advantages in the looks department to your benefit. Yeah. And that yeah. is something that you know, if I were her, I would want to do for you. If there's a way you – know, if she has an easier time of it because there's some like beauty disparity and there is in every relationship, yeah. um, why wouldn't she want to you know, help – you know, pry some pussy loose for you. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. With her. And there's also, have you guys talked about three ways? Is she at all interested in girl, girl, boy, three ways? She, she is, yeah. In fact, uh, our her first ever really non-monogamous thing, once we decided to do this, was a threesome with mutual friends. And, and it was just a really great experience for her. And I think, I think it could happen again in the future. So. Well, it should happen to you in the future. I, I agree. I agree. It'd be a lot of fun. And, so. you know, this is, I, I, you can't push this all into her, but... It is a, an acknowledged fact that when it comes to open relationships uh, with married straight couples, that it's a lot easier for a married woman mm-hmm. to get dick than it is for a married man to get pussy. Yeah. And if she wants, you know, not, you shouldn't blackmail her, you shouldn't threaten her, but just she should be conscious of the fact that you're never being able to get anything else could interfere with her, you know, newfound freedom to get whatever else she wants. Right, right. And yeah. so, you know, I would really shift it to her. Like, help me out here. What's in this for yeah. me? And I need, I need a loving assist from my loving wife. Yeah, and she's been really great about it. And um, I'm just hoping that it doesn't become a problem down the road if the disparity continues, you know. Well, it won't so. if you guys both regard, you know, closing this gap not as something she's obligated to do, but as something she wants to do because she wants you to be fulfilled and happy too. And that's something you both are invested in for the other. Yeah. And she's fulfilled and happy with you and with mm-hmm. others because you are okaying that, right? And yeah. You're sure. going to reach a point where you're not fulfilled and happy. And so yeah. hopefully you guys can make a game plan where yeah. you're going to yeah. both be happy and you're both going to get some of what you want, even if it's always going to be easier for her to line up more yeah. than it is going to be for you. Yeah, I think I think we will. And I think it'll be great. Um and, I mean, things have already just gotten really exciting around here, you know, since we started <laughs> doing this. It's really livened things up, and we feel like we kind of woke up out of something. And, I mean, we, like I said in the call, we came from West, or, I mean, I'm from Idaho and stuff, but uh, we came from West Texas, went to religious colleges, you know, grew up in a really stilted environment. And, I mean, it got better for us, too. So it's been really, <laughs> it's been really nice. It's really cool to hear that phrase used in reference to heterosexual swinging. I, I'm, it gets so, better. I, I'm really I'm really sorry to co-opt it. No, don't apologize. I'm but, into it. Yeah. It gets better for all sorts of different people in all sorts yeah. of different ways. And if, you know, this is how it got better for you guys, I think that's tremendous. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, well, thanks so much for the call. I'm really glad to hear from you. So. You're welcome. Good luck. Yeah, thanks, Bye. Bye. Hi. Um, I... I've uh, been with my wife for uh, over 20 years, and, you know, we're pretty good at monogamy, but I was started talking about a year ago um, about maybe opening things up, and she was really not into the idea. Um, it did, you know, sort of considered uh, our commitment as 
sacred and something that we shouldn't mess with. Um, and then fast forward to about three months ago, she went out uh, on, on, a, on a girl's trip uh, weekend and met somebody that she really liked, and she knew she kind of had this um, implied agreement with me that it was okay if she was kind of into somebody. Um, she uh, ends up, uh, you know, hanging out with them all night. They dance and, and, and kiss, and, and they end up sort of starting this conversation with texting when they get back. Um, and things are going pretty well, but that's kind of my idea initially was that we would do something together. Um, and I wouldn't be nearly as nervous about the whole thing if, uh, if I had some connection to it. Um, uh, I kept suggesting, you know, maybe I should text them, and she wanted me to kind of stay out of it. It felt like it'd be presumptuous. Um, and um, last weekend, um, his wife, who also is very keen on the idea of him seeing someone, it actually turns her on. Um, she invites us over for a grill out last weekend, um, you know, which I, I kind of felt like all this, uh, me for weeks saying, you know, I'd like to kind of make some kind of contact with him to feel like I have some connection, um, in her not wanting me to kind of mess things up, uh, was kind of a moot point because we end up meeting them and everything's, you know, goes really well. Uh, they're, they're really fun, nice people. I really like talking to them. We didn't talk much about the situation because we both had kids and, you know, they're always running around. But, um, but anyway, um, she's continuing with this. Both of, both of them are still not sure they would like either of us, the spouses, to uh, do the same thing. Um, but uh, I, I kind of want to continue this contact and, and maybe, you know, it's only been a few days, so maybe I just need to chill out. But I thought maybe you could give me some advice um, on that because I, I feel like I want to kind of develop some kind of more, I don't know, intimate connection with, with them. But maybe it is kind of stalker behavior and sort of presumptuous. I don't know. Why do you want to meet this guy then? Oh, well, I actually did meet him. And that was kind of I, my, my idea initially was if we kind of opened things up was, you know, go out together and, you know, meet maybe a couple. Because, you know, I'm not, I'm not uh, looking for, like, the mysterious unicorn or anything. I, I figured, you know, we'd have to meet a couple that we could kind of do things with. And, you know, she wasn't really into that. Um, and I just feel like there's a little bit of a disconnect, you know, when, uh, when she's kind of doing something that, that's getting her comfortable with the idea of opening things up. Um, but I have no connection to it. And... And I, I, you know, I'm probably way rushing things, and, and it's all about my, you know, uh, the way I overanalyze things. And well, this I, is this know, is totally legit. This is your 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 objections are totally legit because it yeah. sounds like what you've proposed is we're going to do this thing. This is about us, and she took that as I'm going to do this thing. It's about me and him, <laughs> and that's legitimately threatening and not what you perhaps proposed or were contemplating. So yeah. you need to negotiate that. Are you willing okay. to give her the okay to do that? Yeah. And, and, and if you you're know, not, say no. Right. I, I think I am just because I, I don't want to, you know, it's kind of like either she kind of gets used to the idea and sees that everything's going to be okay and her marriage isn't going to explode and everything by, by her, you know, kind of, you know, playing around the edges, and and if she can get used to it, then maybe it's okay for us to do these things together. Um, and I, I just kind of do want to give it some time. I guess I was looking for 
uh, it, it, whether I'm missing out on on some big questions <laughs> that you know maybe I'm not really thinking about this clearly. Well, but, usually, um, I mean, usually the trajectory is exactly the opposite when it comes to a couple yeah. opening up. There's a three way or there's like couple play, you know, in a swinger right. situation. And then they get so comfortable with the idea that, you know, they can be sexual with other people without it exploding the marriage that usually right. it's then when something solo can happen with, you yeah. know, half of the couple doing something with somebody on the side without the other half being there. So it yeah. seems like you've jumped to, you know, what is perceived to be the riskier, more threatening kind of outside play right. or outside yeah. sexual contact without, you know, taking the big baby step first or the little baby step first, which is, you know, a three-way or some sort of, you know, couple-couple action. Now, who you right. said this guy's wife wants to meet you or is down with this or well, is aroused by this? she did meet us. Uh, she invited us over last uh, Sunday um, to just, you know, have for like a barbecue or whatever. On the and Lord's Day, nice. really nice. I mean, it was, it was unusual. I didn't expect it to kind of go that way, but... Um, but you know, in my idea, yeah, that's really weird. When when I, there are people, yeah. there are people I want to fuck. I'm usually really, really mean to them, just to like let them know. I'm pulling their pigtails, dipping them in inkwells. Of course, they were nice. They want to bang you guys. <laughs> well, it, that might be the case. I think mainly so far, it's just uh, he wants to bang my wife, and and the the wife wants to know about it because it turns her on. So, um, I I don't know. The main thing I think I'm worried about is um, I will feel. Um, not resentful because she gets to do something that I don't get to do, uh, you know, and, and that's not fair, but more um, she gets to have someone who is excited about her and turned on by her, and she gets to experience sort of all of that. And and then I start to feel resentful or, or fearful that, you know, just because my insecurities will bubble up, that maybe the reason I'm not doing anything is because no one would want to have sex with me. And, you know, and, and, and that kind of stuff, you, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't know. I kind of feel like if, um, if we were doing this thing together, it would be um, less uh, um, threatening, less scary in that way. Right. Okay. So let's, let's, let's game this out for a second. Let's say she goes and does this. Let's say you swallow your fears. You say, okay, this all makes me a little nervous. This isn't what I imagined, but okay, go. And then she comes home and tells you about it and just fucks your fucking fuck off. She just yeah. fucks the shit out of you because she's so right. cranked up, horny, grateful, excited. Right. Was it worth it then? Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. As long as I can handle it, it is. I mean, we've had so much sex in this last two weeks. It's. It, I've never had sex like that, not even in the honeymoon stage of the marriage. Uh, because you know. of because of this outside potential. This is like yeah, just cranking her up and you up both. Yeah. Also, she's, I think she's hitting her sexual peak and just really kind of wanting to be more aggressive and more, I don't know, uh, free, I guess. Well, you need to you need to parse you need to compartmentalize your fears. You know, there's the fear of she got to and I didn't get to, and she's you know someone's excited about sleeping with her and nobody's excited about sleeping with me except her. It sounds like it sounds like she's really excited about sleeping with you, and that's right. a benefit that's redounded to you. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. like the fears of she's going to leave me, which you haven't raised, but you know that's yeah. usually a big sort of overriding fear when it comes to you know particularly in a long term relationship, giving somebody permission to have an outside sexual contact. You couldn't picture right. you couldn't like dredge up a safer outside sexual contact on that score than him. He's married, right? And, and the wife and is actually, they, you know, they both kind of has said that they're both happy where they are. They just, you know, 
want to do this other thing. So there's so. no threat to your relationship. There's right, no threat yeah. that your wife is going to fall in love with this guy or run off with this guy because that guy isn't interested in falling in love or running off with anybody. He's with the person that he wants to be with. Right. I think, you know, this circumstance isn't exactly what you proposed, but right. it may be the best way to get to the kinds of circumstances that you've proposed that you were interested in at the outset. You know, allow her, as you said, to experience this, see that it's not going to explode your marriage. If anything, in the last two weeks, it's cranked your sexual connection up, strengthened yeah. it. And once she sees all that, then you finding a person who feels the way about you know feels about you the way that guy feels about her, or you guys finding right. a couple or a third who wants right. to be with both of you, those all those possibilities become less threatening, more exciting, and more likely to occur. So you know, well, going to this place that you didn't imagine may get you to the place you wanted to be in the first place sooner. Well, that's uh, good to hear you say that because a couple of people that I've asked. Um, uh, selectively um, have told me I'm crazy, but <laughs> you know you are crazy. But everybody's yeah. crazy, and you should you yeah. should uh, <laughs> run the videotape of the last two weeks of your sex life for them and say, "Am I crazy now? Does that look crazy?" Yeah, that's, that's true. There's yeah. something in this for you, even if there's right. not someone yeah. in this for you, except the wife. Right now, there's something in it for you. Right. Sure. Okay. Fair enough. Thanks. Hey. I really appreciate you calling me. Enjoy. Hi, Dan. Um, I just had a question about my relationship right now. Um, my boyfriend and I have been together for eight months and he likes to ask me very detailed questions about my past relationships. And that's perfectly fine because it's important for, you know, your partner to know about your life. However, it has been to a point where the questions are daily and we have like six, seven hour discussions over the same topic every day and they lead into fights all the time because he doesn't like what he hears because um, I guess he's jealous that I've been in relationships prior to being with him. And he makes me write essays and about, like, why I was in these relationships and all these things. And I don't know if it's just me not understanding it, but it seems a bit unreasonable to me. Um, again, I mean, I don't mind that he wants to know things because it's fair. It's just, I don't know, I think the repetition and the, the, the questions all the time are just a little much. Um, tell me what you think. What I think? I think your boyfriend is a batshit jealous piece of shit. What you should do, you should dump the motherfucker already. This is unreasonable. This is psychotic. It's only going to get worse. This kind of desperate need to be reassured, these insecurities, is an abusive boyfriend masquerading as an insecure bag of slop. He makes you write essays? What the fuck is he, your principal or your boyfriend? This is bullshit and it is over. If you stay with him, which you should not do, and if you stay with him despite my advice, you will be calling me in six months or a year to tell me that you've finally broken up with him and you should have listened to me when I told you to break up with him six months or a year ago. But if you stay with him, you tell him, we've been over and over this, not talking about it anymore. You need to talk about this with a shrink. 
because this kind of insecure, jealous, abusive streak is going to prevent you from ever being in a relationship with anyone because there's only so much of this shit that any reasonable person will put up with and I have put up with as much of it as I am going to put up with and it's done. No more essays, no more conversations, no more discussions about the past. You know, You'd make a really good lesbian except for that penis of yours. This like wanting to hold his hand through this process and reassure him. Bleh, oh, bullshit. And no more. He's got a problem. Yes, it's perfectly fine to want to know about the person you're with's past relationships. It's a window into who you're you – know, the, the person you're with, who they are as a person, how they relate to people. You know, I took a healthy interest when I met Terry and why the relationship – relationships he had before me didn't work out because I was trying to suss out maybe, you know, whether ours would. And sometimes I wanted to hear about his past relationships because it was kind of horny, especially that football player in high school. But I didn't ever put him on the rack about it or try to crucify him for the crime of being with a man before me. Dump the motherfucker already. He's not going to get better. This kind of jealous psycho shit rarely gets better. People have to be dumped over and over and over again for this before they begin to see the pattern in their own life, that their desperate need for reassurance and their desire to punish the person they're with for having been with people before brings them to the point where they're getting dumped for somebody else every time. You know, their, their, their greatest fear is that you know, you're going to leave him. That's his greatest fear. You're going to leave him for somebody else. And so you should leave him for somebody else. You should make that come true. So that he can learn to get the fuck over it so you can see the pattern. You're in an abusive relationship. This is abuse. Get out. Get out now. It's only going to get worse. Hi, Dan. Just phoning in response to the person who was asking about fisting and amyl nitrate or poppers. And I think an important disclaimer or warning to put out there is never mix poppers with Viagra or never mix Viagra with any other kind of heart medication. It could be fatal. Hi, Dan. It was so refreshing, the guy from Canada who uh, was wondering if it's okay that he's a monogamist and what's wrong with him. It was so refreshing to hear you play out that call and really validate the okayness of being a monogamist and not wanting to act out other impulses. Thanks. Hi, Dan. I'm calling about podcast 241 about the kid who was in love with his best friend. I completely agree with what you told him because the situation sounds like she does not want to date him. But I have, but you were totally wrong when you said girls don't have guy best friends who they'll eventually want to date. Because it's so not true. It is so not true. Pretty much 90% of my crushes have been on my guy best friends who I told everything to. And at least three of those guys have dated. And I'm currently in a relationship now where I'm so happy with my guy best friend. So I just want to call and say that is not true. And there are girls who want to date your best, their best friend. And we're going to leave it there. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. Thank you all for your calls, your questions, your comments. If you want to call with a question or a comment, 206-201-2720. We can't play all the comments we get. If you want to make sure your comment gets out there into the world, go to thestranger.com slash lovecast, where there's a comment thread at the bottom of every week's 
post for every week's podcast, and you can leave your comments there for us too. 206-201-2720, that's the number. Me and the Tech Savvy At-Risk Youth, we'll be back at you next week. Another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thanks for downloading. <laughs>